2: Lonnie, if you were going to set up, like, a new school, what, Mm -hmm. like, small addition would you make or, like, what small change would you make to existing school to make it, like, a little bit more fun? Like, you know how in this show they put a slide in?
0: That was my first thought. Yeah, okay. Slide, beanbags.
2: A a beanbag's good.
0: No, they're
2: not. I mean, every time I've sat in the beanbag, I'm like, I guess I'm here for the next four hours because I can't get out of it. I guess this is my life now.
1: The
0: problem, I think, is they're facing they're looking at all the aesthetics. Instead, they have no teachers and the kids just run the school in this, this season.
2: That's true. Hmm. What would you do? Coke and the bubblers. Okay. <laughs>
1: everybody
0: this is i only like you in movies my name is bonnie what's our name again everybody now one two three sene <laughs> <laughs> everyone i'm saying it with us
2: oh were they yeah definitely.
0: okay <laughs> uh this week what do we watch tonight
2: we have watched the final season of sex education
0: mm, one of our favorite shows in the first at least two seasons. Oh, I like season three. People think it started to go off the rails there. What about season four?
2: Nah. That's good. Mm.
0: Here's what I'll say. I think every episode has something as brilliant as the first seasons that we all loved so much. Mm. But overall, it was too stretched. It's too many characters, too many storylines. That was too too different, too desperate and it really became less than the sum of its parts
2: well there we go that, folks that's our review so thanks so much for listening <laughs> to the podcast <laughs> it's going
0: to be back and forth what do you reckon what, do you, what are your thoughts
2: no no i agree i i okay. i don't right. think it was a very strong season but there were those beautiful moments that i really mm. missed but to be honest it just made me want to go back and rewatch like season one mm.
0: that's what i was trying to say i was trying to like highlight mm. that it, it's not a bad season i don't think And there's still some really brilliant parts, but it's, Mm. unfortunately, it was just a bit too stretched. And it's funny say I I say that because they actually, like, removed a few of the characters from the last few seasons.
2: And I think we noticed their absence. You reckon? I really miss Lily. Mm. Like, I started off watching the show and I didn't care for her character at all. But not having her... I feel like we really needed, like, some comic relief sometimes and mm-hmm. just a bit of something different, a bit weird. Well, I,
0: I missed having the, the kids interact with each other. Well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone's <laughs> on a different storyline.
2: Yeah, they are, especially Adam. Um, so should we set oh up God, season Adam, four? Pull Adam. Poor
0: <laughs> Adam. Sorry, okay.
2: <laughs> so the kids have moved to a new school because Mordale got shut down. Um. And so Otis, Eric, um, what's Ruby her name? Ruby there. Ruby are at the new school. Maeve's gone off to do a riding thing in America. Adam's decided to take an internship training horses or doing horse riding lessons. And then...
0: Yeah, most of the other characters we knew from school are gone. They're at a different school.
2: Yeah, and a- oh, sorry, Amy's at the new school. Amy's there and too. And so is Isaac.
0: Yes. They came together. They they were brought together. They weren't really in scenes together previously.
2: Are we feeling that relationship though?
0: Felt a bit forced to me. Mm. I I can't really work out what Mave's thing is. Like I guess it's like an extension program for really good high school students, and they have some sort of first year of uni in America or something. Yeah. And it doesn't quite make sense because she comes back to to Um Mordale, mm. but then she's going back to high school but she's in, in college over there doesn't really make sense yeah but i don't really, really understand
2: matter. but also the, the thing that frustrated me with that storyline is we we ended season three with her going off to america only to mm. bring her back pretty much straight away and then send her off again it just felt like we were redoing the storyline yeah. yeah
1: um
2: i think it might have been stronger to have her not come back and decide that no she's not coming back and she's not being pulled back into that orbit Mm. but it felt like they really wanted to finish off the storyline with the mum by just killing her off so they don't have to worry about her. I, I don't know. Do we need that? Like it was nice to have her back so that she could interact with everyone, which I assume mm. is the reason for why they did that. But I don't know. I just
0: well, I, it felt weird. The way I would have, I potentially would have done it is have her be there, but it's just like a, I don't know, a three-month course or something. And so then when she comes back and it's supposed to be for good, She's got itchy feet. She's had those other experiences that the other kids can't yeah. Um, relate to. And then because she's, she's seen what, what's out there, she wants to go off, but then they all stay. Mm-hmm. Because the way it was, it was felt a bit forced that well, she came back because her mum passed away, but then she just went off again to finish off what she started. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt like spinning her wheels for a bit just to get her back where she was going. Um. Yeah, it was, I mean, that's meant the the relationship between her and Rhoda's is still good, and there's some good scenes between them.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's very reminiscent of normal people. The ending, um, which just reminded me of how good that show is, and fortunately, you know, you compared it to something that was a bit better. But I, yeah, I just didn't really. I love Maeve and I love seeing her interact with everybody. You
0: just dropped out, so I don't know what you said, but I, I, I think that's great. <laughs>
2: I was just saying well, that the ending's very reminiscent of normal people, that's all.
0: Wherever you are, it doesn't want you to talk about normal people because every time we talk about it, it drops out. Every time you mention normal people, you're going to drop out. So never, never mention I'll it again. I'll
2: never mention it again. Sorry about that, everyone. We had some technical difficulties. Hopefully I can talk again now. I'm not going to mention normal people. I think the one of the biggest issues I had with this season was this sense of whiplash between scenes. So the show has very short episodes, which is great. And normally the, the writing has been really tight and we've been able to get through everything. But I, for some reason, the balance that they seem to have struck in the first three seasons just wasn't here in this final season between pathos and humour, like it's a comedy show. Um, and I just found it really disconcerting to switch between Jackson might have testicular cancer Adam's riding a horse. Eric's going to a rave. They're at a funeral, like literally mm. really quickly between scenes where I'd find I'm still laughing at a joke, but now we're in a new scene where it's like really sombre. And I wonder my, my proposed solution for this, I don't know if it would have helped, but perhaps similar to how the bear was structured in that certain characters got an episode to them is it marcus when he went overseas to do his mm-hmm. his training perhaps we even
0: seen as our own episode we should go around town looking at different restaurants
2: yeah like it's just a different approach but i think it might have been more helpful here to have adam's storyline perhaps play out because he's so you know disconnected from the rest of the show mm-hmm. really have that storyline play out in an episode so we don't need to keep coming back to nothing happening um and I just, yeah, it was just a bit too disjointed and similar to Jackson's thing about the testicular cancer and then his parents. Like, I don't think there was enough in those two storylines to do a sprinkle throughout each episode, really. Um, Because it felt like each time we returned, it's like Jackson's freaking out. It's like, okay, well, what, are we progressing at all or is he still freaking out? Like, what's the next step in the story, I guess? What do you think about that? Did you feel yeah, a bit of emotional whiplash being knocked around?
0: Absolutely, and it was definitely stretched out too much. Like, mm. how many times we have to go back to Adam at the farm? We sort of know that plot, what's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to be bad at first. He's lying to be there. Yeah. He sort of got to start talking to the, the girl. They they hit it off. Mm. He's going to muck up somehow. Then finally he's going to get back and it's all going to be okay. They weren't doing enough to... to um, I think to have that in every episode. Yeah. As you said, it could be one episode. Uh, to be honest, given he has no sort of impact on the rest of the plot, How you could you? not have Adam at all.
2: How dare you? I'm
0: don't, that's what I'm saying. He's not connected. It's actually when the scene when he comes to the funeral.
2: Yes. Which I didn't
0: even think he was that close to Maeve, so I'm not really think sure so. why he's there.
2: He's just there because we wanted to see all the characters in the same room. I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Um, he talks to Eric. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, I've missed you so much. And Eric doesn't even say anything back to him. <laughs> He's just like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very strange, that scene. Like, it was a good scene, but it, it was so contrived to get them in the same place because mm. naturally their, their storylines have diverged because then they're not they're not really friends or, or close anymore. Yeah. So to get them back together was, was a bit of a, was a bit of a stretch. Mm. I think... Everyone loves Adam, and I, I feel like the show loves Adam because they've given him probably the most dramatic character arc of, mm. of all them all. Mm. That said, it has been the sort of the same arc every season, but it's yeah. been quite quite dramatic with his dad and whatnot. So uh, to me, it kind of felt like they wanted to have him around, but like, they just couldn't figure out a natural way to fit him into the plot, so he got his own plot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, as you said, could have been resolved in a Spotlight episode. Mm-hmm. Or maybe have some way, bring him back to the school, have him be at the school somehow so he is still interacting with all the kids. Maybe he's, I don't know, bad idea, but he's a groundsman or something, so he's there some Mm, way, you know? Yeah. Um, It just felt like he was totally divorced from everything else that was going on, unfortunately. And I even sort of felt that, I mean, kind of every character felt like they are on their own journey. Yeah. Maybe the whole season could have been spotlight episodes, just each character gets an episode.
2: Yeah. I think... You know, they found a way for Michael to be involved in the new school, his dad, which mm. that felt contrived to me. Like, why would an ex-headmaster do substitute teacher work but then still be so involved in the school? Like, that just, I didn't really understand that.
0: Well, it was weird that he was the only teacher we sort of saw because the That's teacher is so <laughs> integral to the plot of the last school. Yeah, and I, I missed those them teachers, too. The music was, teacher, the yeah, English teacher.
2: when they came back for the funeral, it was really like... Mm. Um, which I'm Showing you what you've lost yeah basically, and oh, that really yeah. annoyed me. the song the song thing it never works out in a show where people sing along at a funeral. I think the only time oh it's worked God. out is American Pie when they sang Madonna sang the American Pie song for whatever that movie was that I always forget. Um, yeah, I, so the, the main there the sort of one overarching storyline to this season, I guess, which is that Otis has moved to this new school. He's planning to become a sex therapist again. Like, he's really enjoying that, and he's found it his mm. his niche. And it turns out to be already a sex therapist at this new school named O. And the whole season is pretty much them sort of, like, back and forth thing of who has the rights to be the sex therapist at the school and, like, this battle between them, I
0: guess. Mm-hmm. So... It already strains credulity a little bit that Otis himself is a sex therapist. Yes. But I think they made it work in the first few seasons because it was hidden. It was like mm. something he helped kids who who were sort of on the outer and had nowhere else to turn to, right? It was a side project.
2: And, and he was only good at it because his mum was a therapist as well, crucially.
0: Exactly. And the the funny bit about it was that... May have used her street smarts to make money off it. And that's sort of, that's why it was funny. Mm It worked, right? I I think what they were trying to do, I I like like it in theory. On paper, this is really funny, right? Mm -hmm. That they go to a new school that's more accepting. So what Otis used to do in the back sheds or the back toilet block Mm -hmm. now is accepted and promoted and everyone's very sex positive. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Also, it's funny that there's like an evil version of, of Otis um yeah who's like he's a she's a sex therapist but better than him and so that really rankles him mm-hmm. and so so it makes him challenge like he thought he was special right and so now he's got someone who's actually maybe better than him and so having a, a warring sex therapist um battle go through the season on paper that's really funny and interesting
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the way it's done i think it just sort of really doesn't work for me like even though it's supposed to be a cool sex-positive school mm-hmm. where everyone's, everyone's on the spectrum of various spectrums, right? That, that's all cool. I like all that stuff. And, you know, especially in Britain, it's probably good to have that representation promoted, right, mm-hmm. given they've got so much issues with um, trans rights and whatnot over there. But the, the scenes of, like, half the school lining up to go see a sex therapist and then talking about their problems so obviously in front of everybody mm-hmm. and, like, fighting for their sex therapist. Like, guys, these are 17-year-old kids. They're not actual sex therapists, and I don't really think that kids are going to be that open about talking about their sex problems at school, like in front of everybody. Even in the most sex-positive school, aren't these teenagers with... they've still got hang-ups and insecurities and stuff. And one last thing I'll say, I'll let you (laughs) talk, is... Like a lot of their problems are just like something you could Google as well. So that was the thing about Otis is that he had that bit of extra stuff, you know, that he was
1: mm.
0: able to talk them through their problems a bit more. But a lot of the stuff I think, and I guess it goes to the heart of the show, is like you know, why, why aren't these kids, if they've got a problem, why are they lining up and making an appointment to go talk to another kid at a school when you're just on your phone, right?
2: Yeah. I think because, yeah, the problems that Otis was getting turned out to be more psychological problems it was it was like it started out as a a root sorry it started out as you know my girlfriend doesn't want to have sex with me and Mm. then Otis would like figure out that that's actually because you're pushing her away because you had a this experience when you were younger and you don't really want a connection to someone or whatever you know I'm just you know, making up something here. But the point is that he would mm-hmm. he would uncover the psychological background to whatever the sexual issue was that was that was presenting itself. And it wasn't really what it is this season, which is like, I have an STI, what do I do? You know, which are Googlable things. Exactly. I think for me the O's character I just don't <laughs> understand. Like her journey is that she gets to be on a radio show with Otis's mum, mm-hmm. Jean. Why would that ever happen? A student who has no qualifications, who has just shown an interest into a field, which doesn't have any certificates or anything,
1: mm-hmm.
2: just gets to give psychological advice on a radio show to people. There is no way that would happen. Like that would be so fraught with, liability issues and i just didn't understand that at all as a thing
0: well oh i think that's what i was saying too about um otis doing his sort of back alley therapy Mm. that made sense as you said because he was using what he's learned from his parents and he's a bit of a smart smarter kid and he knows shows interest in this but yeah having having two kids having like a sanctioned debate about who's gonna be the sex therapist at the school. Like that yeah. wouldn't wouldn't happen. Even at the most positive, inclusive school ever, they would have to say, sorry guys, you're both unqualified. You can give advice if you want, but you don't have to we're not gonna like Legitimize sanction this and make it, it yeah. make it an official thing. Maybe come back in six years after you've done your psychology degree and then we can look at mm. having an official thing mm-hmm. set up. But you're right, they're just they're just kids offering advice. That's fine. That that can happen. But the, try to legitimize it. You're not a sex therapist but without a, some sort of backing, right, The qualification. Yeah, but or... I
2: think there's a difference between between giving advice to your fellow students in a school setting and mm. giving advice to the general public who are calling a radio station. Yeah, like I absolutely. just think they're two very different things. And maybe that absolutely. segues us nicely to talk about right. Jean and her journey. So she starts off, she's got oh. a new baby. Um, mm-hmm. Her partner's left her because he wasn't the father. That's sort of where we were hinting at the the season finale for last season. She's struggling with motherhood and postnatal depression, and I think, you know, it does a a pretty good job of representing that struggle. Her whole thing is that she's being offered a radio show to give advice, right, to give psychological advice, sort of pop psychology, I guess, to people who call in with an issue. And it sort of makes that an issue for her. She's just unable to do it. Do you have any thoughts on how they handled that part of the story?
0: I want justice for Jean. I think it was a terrible season for her. Yeah. I I don't understand where her desire to be a radio therapist came from, yeah. given that she was already a very successful uh, therapist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was writing books and already had a bit of a media profile.
1: Mm-hmm
0: they they try to explain that that she'd sort of given up opportunities in the past to help raise or to raise otis and then while well, her husband went off and got the media career felt a bit late in the day to have that be her her main desire yeah. um for what you just said even the even if she is sort of she's going through her own depression and she's got a bit you know her brain's a bit scrambled because she just had a baby her whole job her whole professional career has been giving advice Mm -hmm. and in this last season they make out as if she's terrible at it yeah isn't that that's her thing though and that she needs people not
2: only that but she needs a student to come in and help her give the advice further like you know diminishing her agency i guess as a character um and Mm. i think i think we spoke about it off you just dropped
0: out again but i hear what you said was very good and accurate
2: Sorry if it sounds a little different, folks, having extreme technical difficulties today. What I was trying to say is that I, I think we spoke about this off pod and the thing that I don't understand is Jean works from home as a therapist. They sort of contrived this whole thing of, oh, she can't be a therapist because she's got a baby and she can't balance both. But she could. If she continued her psychological sessions that she was having with people, in the office of her house and just space them out a bit or perhaps explain to those people look I have the baby at home if the baby cries I'm going to need to go and attend to it but I'll come back and finish the session Hmm. that isn't that like the logical thing for her to do I know I know working from home has been really difficult for people with children over the past few years especially with the pandemic I'm not trying to say that this would be an easy solution or whatever but I at least think it's a solution in line with her character and and a natural sort of thing for her character to do after what we've learned about her in the previous seasons.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right, especially with her, her sister coming to help in the house.
2: Yeah, talking If she just about... does mornings
0: or afternoons, she could... Um, yeah. And her sister looks after the baby the other times, that'd be fine. Or a
2: reduced workload, so, which is only seeing people for like a couple of days a week, you know, like... Exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'm sure her patients would understand. Mm. I, I don't know if I missed something about her not being a therapist anymore, but it, it seemed to me like the show wanted her to have this work drama about the baby and that sort of being another stressor on her with her Mm -hmm. uh, postnatal depression. So they had to contrive a way for her to have a job where she's got a boss and the boss can put pressure on her and then it's a job where she's affected by what's going on and so she's not doing a very good job and that feeds him back into her depression, right? Mm -hmm. But to do that, you had to forget that she's a therapist where she's her own boss and she can set her own schedule And also pretend like she wouldn't be very good at giving advice when that's been her whole job. And we've seen her do it plenty of times in this show.
2: And successfully. And I think as you
0: said before, absolutely. As you said before, I think don't know if it was recorded or not, but you said something about O O comes on Mm -hmm. and O is like a better therapist than her. Yeah. And they don't make it a thing like like O just says like the stuff that you would learn from a quick Google, like she's just giving superficial advice, which I think you could potentially... That could be a thing that she's found out to be giving the most generic, basic advice.
2: Yeah. But
0: no, she gets to the point better than, than um, Jean can. And Jean's shown up by this girl. It. it I don't know. It, I get it to show and everything. And, you yeah, know, it's, it's part of what's happened in this, this story. That they're trying to say something about all these characters. But I, I just feel like it sort of undoes a lot of the good work they've done with Jean the last few seasons.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: So we've got our first character that we're going to talk about who was introduced, which was her sister. Didn't care for that storyline at all. Don't think it really did much. They were sort of trying to heal old wounds, I guess, as children. I'm sure. Not sure where we got cut off. The the internet and computer gods hate us today. Um... Let's move into talking about the first introduced character, which is Jean's sister, mm. um, who seemingly only exists to mistakenly fall in love or have a connection with the father of um, Jean's baby, mm. Joy. Mm. Uh, did we need that <laughs> as a storyline?
0: Well, especially not when it's not resolved.
2: No, it wasn't it's, at all. It's like
0: hinted at resolution i guess you could say Mm. um yeah and they they also put in some sort of last minute um backstory to to give some pathos to their relationship Mm. um which i think was handled pretty well it just felt a bit late in the day Mm. for that
2: Mm. i just think in a in a show that has really short episodes and we've already got so many characters i don't think spending time on Jean's sister was something that really enriched the narrative or, or made things progress. Um, I don't
0: think so. I think um, I, I preferred Jean playing off um, the ex, the other partner. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a shame that he wasn't around anymore.
2: Yeah. Um, we also thought to mention Viv and Jackson are at the new school as well, um, and that's nice to see them be... Friends and, and have that yeah. friendship. That was really lovely. I
0: love their friendship.
2: Yeah, that was really sweet. However, mm. they introduce a love interest for Viv named Bo, who is just a sweetie pie at the beginning, really mm. smart. They bond over like schoolwork together. Um, I think the, you know, bringing your friend along to the house, so you didn't seem like you were too keen. Like that was really mm. lovely, that dynamic. But it felt like in the third act we got completely sideswiped by the fact that, oh, he's emotionally and physically abusive. What? Mm. Where that come from, <laughs> and why?
0: I I have to assume that the idea there was that people can appear nice on the surface, but then they will sure they can turn and they, the course of control can be from anybody, not just like the people who were dickheads from the start. It it felt really sudden though, and I I don't think they handled it very well.
2: It felt like a how-to guide. Viv's speech to him was like, this is what you should do in this situation where you're confronted with yeah. this. And I just didn't feel very true to character at all.
0: Yeah. I, looking back, I think there was a bit of um, groundwork in the fact that we thought at first he was just concerned about Viv and Jackson being more than friends in a sort of classic yeah, yeah. You know, mishap in a rom-com sort of thing about the best friend mistakenly mm. thinking they're together but you're right and I think unfortunately in my memory the first two seasons in season three to a large degree were able to handle the social messages in a sort of natural way yeah. in season four it felt very preachy and I feel weird saying that because I, I agree with all of the, yes. the preaching that's going on but narratively it felt yeah. forced and and a bit cringy but yeah. at the same time I, as i said I, I agree with the messaging that's going on so it's hard to criticize it
2: yeah so you're talking about um the introduction of, of the coven um
0: yes <laughs> well in, in that in that scene as well about yeah, standing oh. up for course control that was brilliant stuff and that's good message to send people but it felt all of a sudden that we're not in a a drama made for teens and adults it's kind of felt like we're you know, a play for children.
2: Yeah. Um, Can you remind me of the names Abby and Roman? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a tough thing to talk about because it's a a sensitive topic and I don't want to come across as that I'm not being inclusive. Um, I agree with you. a 100% support all the messaging that was coming across. Um, I think it was pretty incredible to have a sex scene between two trans people. I think that was a bold choice for this show to do and this show has you know made a lot of bold choices in its time and they've all paid off so I thought that was brilliant I think the difficulty I had is that it's tough because I understand why it's there a show like this especially coming out of Britain at a time like this you sort of need to go a bit further or push it a little bit more like I completely understand this sort of reaction to the cultural conversation around trans people and around human rights essentially I guess I I think we spoke about this off pod but I think the thing is I think people who are watching sex education season four are not the people that you need to be talking about basic human rights with I I don't it felt very preachy, I think, because I would argue that the majority of the audience watching this show agree and support it already. So we're like, yeah, why is like, let's move on. Um, mm. And I just, I think it was tough as well. They made Abby and Roman very unlikable characters, and I was sort of waiting for a comeuppance thing. You know, Abby the whole time is she's talking about, um, you know no gossip but she's the biggest gossip and how inclusive she is yet she shuts out Aisha from certain conversations as well but that storyline didn't really go anywhere um and I just yes trans people can be complex characters and do good and bad things I'm not saying that they need to be a pillar of like you know perfect behavior or anything but I think that affected my ability to connect with the characters for sure because they were in opposition to characters I was already aligned with. Um, and I just...
0: I, I, mm. could I say something? Of course. That? I, I like the fact that they were complex characters and that, that actually made it more interesting to me that, yeah, they say themselves are preaching kindness and, and, mm-hmm. and inclusivity while not practising it. That was interesting. Um, I think the problem was that there was no synthesis at the end. Mm-hmm. There's no catharsis really of all the characters coming together and having dealt with their problems. There's like one brief scene when they're looking for Cal, when they finally sort of open up to each other. Yeah. But like, you know, the fact that they've they've um, had to put a wedge in between Eric and Otis. There's no scene where they oh. sort of really all come together. You know, they, they, there's hints at it, and I think that they're trying to do, but it didn't quite work. I don't think because. They come in, they upset the, the narrative. And this is all the new characters that I'm talking about. Yeah. They upset what we've done for three seasons. Doesn't quite get resolved very well, I don't think.
2: No, I agree with you. I the Eric and Otis having a fight, which happens every season, and it's always due to them not communicating properly. Do we have mm. to keep doing this tired trope of they've got to find a reason to be separated and then find a reason to be friends again? It's actually happened every season. Like why can't they I, just be friends why can't they just have a good friendship you know
0: i think it was interesting that what eric raised is like we don't really talk about the fact that i'm black and that i'm gay we just yeah just sort of but then they're like yeah we don't talk about that and then and that continue to not talk about yes, it exactly they're, exactly they're like we'll be friends again but we just will yeah that, that's still an issue that we haven't really dealt with
2: yeah and to be clear i, I don't think the show was only heavy-handed with its treatment of trans themes i think the most egregious scene for me was um, when the lift breaks down at school and Isaac who's in a wheelchair can't go up to his classroom to take a test. Firstly, mm. why are you having a go at the maintenance lady or the cleaner? Like shes it's not her fault firstly.
0: She's helping you mate.
2: But they have this big rallying cry about the whole school's gonna protest until the lift is fixed. And it's like they're gonna fix the lift like they have every other time. The, it will be fine. But they give Isaac this sort of very preachy monologue of and this is why it's systemic failures, why I'm shut out from these sorts of things and society needs to, you know, understand people with disability. And everyone's like, yeah. And again, like I totally agree, but what was that doing as a line of dialogue in a show? <laughs> like I just
0: I think the worst part for me in that scene was when I don't know if it was Isaac or someone else said, People aren't the problem, it's the systems, yes. it's society. Like that's again, what I was trying to paraphrase, I'd, yeah. I 100% agree. Mm. Um, I, I'd, I'd like that on, on paper again. I think that was a good idea for a story. Execution wasn't very good. I, I don't... Like, I, I think it's okay, the fact that he has recurring problems with the lift and they sort of putting mm-hmm. in quick fixes and not really solving the issue properly mm-hmm. because... And that, and that is a recurring issue for him because, like, if you're just going to fix it and then break down the next day, you're not really fixing it, and that's the wider issue you've got to resolve by. I, mm-hmm. I think that was fair enough. And I think the walkout from the kids, that was also good. And I, I I, think I liked on paper, again, the fact that this is supposed to be a really positive, inclusive, the next generation of schooling sort of school, right? But I, I find it hard to, to, to square the fact that they're not being inclusive of a wheelchair user and getting the lift sorted out i suppose the idea there was that on the surface there are all these things that they're preaching all these positive um affirmation but then on the day-to-day stuff they can't even work out the lift right that that's the idea mm-hmm. but it doesn't go any further than that no. so I, I th- a great idea on paper but then they're just like okay we'll fix the lift like okay that's it's good we're going to deal with the issue that the school says they're really positive but in practice, yeah. are not, but then at the same time, the school is giving the the kids a chance to vote on their sex therapists. So, it what's the point there that they're focusing on the on mm. all the sex stuff? They're focusing on all the, the woke issues, but not the issues about the practical issues about helping the, the disabled students. Don't really think that was the was happening, no. but that was an option maybe for the storyline.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. I think the season. It's pretty atrocious at, at resolving storylines. You also have that wonderful hint between Ruby and Otis where they sort of find each other again in, in a sort of friendship way, sort of bordering on a romantic way. And again, mm. the final scene where they're dancing and Ruby's just like, I don't need you anymore. It's like, oh, is that where we were well, heading with that storyline? Okay.
0: She tells him to piss off and that's about it. Like, yeah. I great. thought we
2: the whole point was that they'd grown and that they realised they could. I don't know, like, yeah. Th- yeah this isn't. I, could, the
0: kind I don't. Of... Want, I don't want. Mm. I don't want Ruby to settle for being second best, and that. No. She'll only. Oda's only choose her if, if you can't get with Maeve. But I, I think they, they were, early on that they were setting up that they were maybe, they were still there was still a connection there, yes. and maybe they had some more complicated issues. But the fact that she becomes cool again and drops him, I mean, it's kind of funny, I guess. It's a comedic beat for her, but it didn't feel true to her character. who's grown so much, and she's really. Shown to be so much mature, more mature than the other characters.
2: Well, also, didn't feel true to the show as a whole. Like, no. this show has spent th- three seasons now of talking about the importance of addressing problems and communicating and been the antithesis of, okay, screw you, I'm over you, you know, that sort of behavior just to do it mm. in the final episode. I just thought that really did a disservice to the series I as know. a whole.
0: And, yeah, like, look at um. every character. What the show basically said. On the surface, these characters are stereotypes, but underneath there's so much more than that. She was the, the bitchy mean girl, but actually she had so much else going on because yeah. she had a dad who was sick and she was caring for him and yeah. she really, she actually fell in love with Otis and he was the nerdy guy on the surface, but actually he's a bit more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. We've got Jackson, who's the, the jock, but then he's really got deep-seated issues. Maeve was just like the, the mean girl at school, but actually she's got um, family issues as mm-hmm. well and is the creative and artistic
2: Adam was the but biggest yeah. example of this, right? Yeah. Like starting out as an absolute asshole and you you hate him and you don't want to see him again, and then you realize he's got a lot of trauma and things he needs mm. to work through. Like that's what this show is. So to see it. Yeah, so it's, it's
0: a disservice <laughs> to, to her, Ruby, the character yeah, that did all that work so. and then just nothing. Yeah. Um, I, do you want to talk about Eric?
2: Uh, can I leave him for one moment because I've got a lot to talk about with him? I just mm. wanted to quickly yeah. commend um, Cal's inclusion in this episode Um, they're given a lot of time to transition there's a lot of transition Mm. talk which is really interesting and I I applaud the show for including that again though it did that thing of yeah it's really expensive to get top surgery and you don't know how long you're on a waiting list and the system's broken and you know it's really disheartening for us to go through this I just just can't understand who they are aiming that messaging at because I just don't Mm. think the people who are watching this show need that. And it's not like it's a show that you watch with your parents as well. Like I had this thought, I was sort of like, well, could this be, you know, parents' first introduction to seeing this sort of stuff on TV or in a show? Yes, it could Mm. have been. But is Sex Education really the show that opens pretty, you know, Always opens with like a graphic sex scene or whatever you really watching this with your folks i don't think so so again i just preaching to the choir a bit i didn't i didn't Mm. really and i just i don't know if it was handled the best you know that they're so struggling in their body and feeling so alienated from the rest of the school as well and their friends you know because they're not going through what they're going through um and I, I don't know if I loved the whole. Eric has to has to rescue them in a way, um, and acknowledgement that yeah it's shit but, oh, well maybe that's a good way to do it. It's sort of yeah it's a shit system but we're all in it together, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I'd love to talk about Eric. Best character on the show.
0: Absolutely, I. I think. This was a good ending for him, I think. the 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 season sort of got to do, you know, the 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 basic um, struggle for Eric is his sexuality versus his faith. I I kind of feel like it was a bit too separate to the rest of the storylines, though. Mm -hmm. And by not having many scenes of him and Otis together, they really felt disconnected for what is their last season together.
2: Yeah, I think I really struggled with the. Um, visions that he's having and these dreamlike sequences. I just thought they were really silly. and I didn't really see the point in them, to be honest. That was
0: terrible. That was actually awful. He sells it so well because he's such a good actor, but I don't need him seeing God.
2: No. Unfortunately. I think that's a bit too Um, (laughs) heavy-handed. Yeah, (laughs) I just didn't like that at all. It was, you know, talking about um, moments in episodes that really made us remember how good the show was, the the sequence where he goes to be baptised and decides not to and none Mm. of his church stands up for him. Beautiful Mm. sequence, beautifully acted. Um, I think Judy's probably one of the best actors of this new generation of actors coming up. And, Mm. um, you know, I think we've spoken about this before, but his line readings are just the most exceptional. Like he's just such a fascinating actor to watch because... The line would be written down, oh, my God, Otis, but he would just scream it or, like, do something stupid in the middle of a take. Like, I I loved the bit where he's applying makeup and then he puts his little singlet to the side and applies a bit of highlighter on his nipple and then he's, like, a bit cheeky. Like, it's just so beautiful, his characterization of Eric. And I think I tweeted about this, but I think, um, yeah, his portrayal of Eric will go down in television history as one of the best Acting performances we've seen truly, um, mm. and I think th- the way the show treated Eric from the beginning, they did a really great job of of this, and I think it's probably the best the best thing in the show is is him. Um, but I agree, like they spend the last season just separating Otis and him for not really much reason. Um, I'm not saying it's not valid for him to have the feelings that Otis is not understanding him and that they, they don't share some things in common. You know, Otis doesn't know what it's like to be gay and black. But they sort of tried to make Roman and Abby like the mean girls and like they were convincing Eric that he didn't need to be friends with Otis. Um, but then that never got resolved as well. So I don't know. It's just It just felt like a mess this final season. It really did.
0: I think the problem... There's no problem with the actual storyline of these characters drifting apart, and Otis that is, and them having some fundamental differences that, that are gonna be hard for them to, to um, reconcile. The problem is that the show sort of lets it fester, then they fight, and they get it back together in the last episode without having resolved anything. I think this could have been a good sort of mid-season resolution for these characters to come back together and then working on things to to show us how they might move forward together, even though it's difficult. The it just sort of raises the issue without resolving it.
2: Yeah, which is the, the floor of this whole season, really.
0: Before we wrap up and having a lot of issues, so if we wrap up pretty soon, I think the MAVE stuff, as we said, wasn't handled very well. But again, there was some great scenes within that and their relationships the the scene where they go to the first take gets ruined at the movies. It was hard to watch for us as movie lovers, but mm. it's pretty interesting that it doesn't quite work out for them. And then the final scene where they, they finally have sex and then that's a sort of their goodbye. That was very sad. Mm. Um, but I think it handled pretty well. Um, I think that's just a sort of shame, the way it sort of all shook out for all the characters. Bit of a ending with the whimper rather than the bang.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, rating time for the season and then overall, the whole show?
2: Season, I'll give it two and a half. I really don't think they did a great job of much. Um, Mm. Show as a whole, probably four stars. What about you? Okay,
0: I'm doing the season two stars, but four overall. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for listening. We've got lots of other podcasts in the back catalogue. You can go investigate looking forward to seeing shooty as doctor who soon it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. and i guess I want to see where these actors go because it's been a real um, yeah real snapshot of who's next coming up in in britain mm-hmm. hopefully they've all got big long careers coming up yeah for sure all right thanks for listening we'll see you next time goodbye
2: bye